special episode of Shock Talks. If you listen to my previous episode, you'll know this one was coming, or any of the probably last four episodes where I said this was going to happen, and it never really did, but it's happening now, so welcome to the show, finally, Aaron Reardon, my roommate. Hello, everyone. Pleasure <laughs> to be on. Awesome. So, I think my first show, or not my first show, but like my first show once I decided I was moving out to Cambridge, I was like, oh, we've definitely got to get Aaron on because I'm going to be living with him. And then I, my first show out here, I was like, oh yes, like now we live together, we're going to do a show. And then I was like, nope, time for a four month break. So, well, he never wired the, like my appearance fee to my manager. So I was like, dude, I can't go on until... (laughs) right so so yeah i did i did take a break and i've recorded now another like quicker show just being like where have i been what have i been up to and so i don't think i told you this well actually no i did tell you this when we were hanging out when we played monopoly last week i was like oh i'm gonna have a double episode for the return to just be like hey it's Jacques. this is where i've been also surprise not surprise but surprise episode with aaron finally another guest episode so um so we're here and we're in our own home. This is not like a awkward, please come sit in Jacques' kitchen and record with him. Yeah. Um, we're in the studio, actually. And it's a really good ambiance, actually. I set up my Christmas tree while you were gone for Thanksgiving. Yep, and I, I did notice that. It's very well done. He's right, though. The ambiance is solid, nice mood lighting. Yeah. I also was telling him I was very impressed with the setup. It's come a long way. Yeah, yeah. So... I, I don't know if I've said this on the trip before. I've told you this like 15 times, but like my like dream here for this are as we're calling studio right now, the living room is I want to mount a TV on this wall, but I just like one, we don't we're renting. So it's like, that's a factor, but also yeah. like, I don't know. Do we really need to mount the TV? Cause it's fine where it is, but like we just have so much white wall space in this room that it, it kind of makes sense to do something. But once again, we don't like actually live here. So I feel like hesitant to actually, do something but it depends i mean we'd probably because where i lived last time for those who don't know i when i before i moved in with jock i was in like this old like most buildings in boston i'm pretty sure it was built like pre-world war one <laughs> probably covered in lead paint like you know how it is and there were drill holes all over the walls from previous tenants so mm-hmm. we didn't care about like drilling into the wall to hang stuff up because we're right. like man they're probably not gonna know which hole's which right uh, but this place is very clean, even though it was also probably built pre-World War One. So, I don't know. Maybe we'd probably just have to ask our landlord. Yeah, to hang something our up. landlords are chill, too. So. Oh, mad chill. Speaking of which, we probably don't need to get into too many college hijinks, but we have a couple good hijinks stories. Well, I shouldn't even use the word hijinks for the story I'm thinking of, but we should maybe tell the basement story yeah. from the, the last couple of weeks, which involves our landlord and how chill they are. So how much background does the audience know about the basement? So like, I don't remember how much on my one episode I made after we moved in here, how much I talked about even the property in general, but I don't Mm -hmm. think I talked about the basement much beyond it's like unfinished, Mm -hmm. but did you tell them about, um, the ghost first of all? Oh no. Do you want to talk about (laughs) the ghost and also our, what Nicole did to try to, yeah, yeah. So when we, so this was, you had moved in first. I had basically, because the way, the way our lease worked was my lease at my old place was up in September. Your lease was up in August. So Mm -hmm. you moved in straight away and I like took an extra week because I was doing some stuff. And so when we go to, oh, I think I got to hold the mic closer. Um, 
so when jock was moving in uh basically he had our friend nicole come help out with moving some of the boxes right yeah well the big thing was i bought my ac unit and i couldn't the like the thing that extends out to the extent of the window Mm -hmm. i couldn't screw it in because it needed to be extended to screw but i couldn't hold the extend and also screw so it was taking me like two hours to do it yeah and she at the time lived she was like the closest person that lived to us and i don't know she like texted me for she's the type of person who will like think of you for something and then like text you and be like omg so she she did that i was like oh haha i live like right next to you now because i used to obviously live forever far away and she's like oh we should get drinks i was like i'm literally alone in this house tonight like do you wanna we could get drinks tonight she's like sure so we went and got drinks and then i mentioned that i was struggling with the ac and she's like oh i'll help you so anyways yeah she came over to help with the ac yeah super kind person yeah for those who don't know nicole she's great but so yeah, she came over. That's what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. and then basically, so I was gonna say because when I went and moved in, I think it was kickball or something. I asked her like, "Oh yeah, you saw the house before I did, or whatever," and um, or no, because I'd seen it because we went and moved all your stuff. In right. But either way, so to make a long story short, when we first move in, so the house is empty. The tenants had cleared it out. There were only like a couple things left. They had a fun little bong hidden in the uh, living room. Uh, <laughs> closet um and so i we go and we're like walking through everything everything's empty except for in what is now my bedroom there was a single wooden chair that was in the corner facing the door and i go and i'm like oh this is creepy and we all kind of laughed it off but nicole apparently saw that and freaked out because nicole is rather superstitious and basically was like, well, are you going to sage the new house? And we, I was like, sage? What What the hell are you talking about? And she was like, well, to get rid of the ghosts. And I was like, I wasn't aware we ran a haunted house. <laughs> but, I mean, we did get a pretty fucking good deal on the place. So, right. I guess it would make sense. So, I was like, well, you know, let's calm down. The ghosts might be homies. You know, we don't right. know what these ghosts are up to. They might be chill. They might vibe. But she was like, no, we got to get rid of the ghosts. So, she comes over one day and, like teaches this whole saging ritual you were gone yeah i wasn't so yeah yeah she discovered the house when i when i was just here and i like mm-hmm. gave her a tour and then she saw in your room she's like that is creepy i'm gonna have to come sage it i was like yeah. okay then she talked to you and came and saged it one day when i was like at work yeah or like i got home late because of work and so i came home and yeah you guys were like well we just finished saging the place and mm-hmm. i was like what <laughs> what so yeah. So basically, just walked around. For those of you who aren't as well versed in the paranormal like I wasn't, um, you just walk around with a burning thing of sage, and I'm like, "Cool, we're gonna burn down the house right <laughs> right after we move into it. Perfect." And open all the windows and like blow the sage fume, which is mixed with ghost smoke. I guess I don't really understand the science behind it. <laughs> and but you had to recite a chant or whatever. Um, and the chant, which was, um, I, I forget exactly what it was, but loosely translated to uh, get the fuck out of the house. Um, <laughs> and I'm not joking. At one point, I, she literally, I think she said something in Latin. And I was like, what does that mean? She goes, loosely translates to get the fuck out. And I'm like, cool. All right. Well, you know, we're, we might be, like I said, we're being a little firm. We don't know how right. what these go. be like Casper. Yeah, it could be like, dude, I would love, can you imagine, okay, like, I know I'm a pretty good guest and all, but can you imagine if you could interview a ghost on the podcast? Right. That'd, be That'd be pretty, pretty crazy. fucking lit. Yeah. So, we go, we stage the whole house, um, 
and then that chair is still just sitting in the basement though yeah. but uh which it may have been a bad omen um because uh so another side note about the basement when i was moving everything in without mm-hmm. thinking you know we're moving stuff down to the basement like bigger things like boxes tvs whatever and fun little quirk of the house that i wasn't aware of is i go and you know i turn the we go we're like moving everything in day one we're mm-hmm. like uh going to go get lunch like as a pause so i lock the door from the inside and close the basement door as i'm walking up the stairs jock is like hey did you just lock the basement door and i go yeah why and he goes well, we, we don't, don't have, have a key. key for it they i got the keys from the landlord when we moved in because i like aaron said i moved in like a week early because his lease wasn't up for a month after we moved into the property so he moved in like a week later when it was like convenient opposed to me like out of necessity but she gave us keys and she was like okay this is for this door this is for this door there's no key for the basement and i was like okay that's kind of sus but like can we figure that out and she was like oh yeah like we can change the lock at some point or whatever well aaron we kind of we can finish the the lock story but essentially we kind of agreed we're, we don't have anything down there like mm-hmm. we just have empty boxes down there and like a tarp and a suitcase so we we never really went through the trouble of pushing our landlord to get a key for the lock but anyways we did run into the situation immediately where aaron didn't realize we didn't have a key and he locked it behind him so we ended up texting our landlord and we're like hey we did lock it so like i know we don't have a key but like are you sure we don't have a key and so she was like, okay, I'll check, I'll check, whatever. And so it was like two days had gone by and we hadn't really heard word. But like immediately Aaron's idea was, well, I'm not going to wait. And we don't want to go through the trouble of having to like pay some locksmith to come out here and do it, whatever. So Aaron's like, well, I've picked locks before. And this seems like a very basic lock to pick. I personally don't have any lock picking experience, but Aaron, I mean, you, you just Listen, decided man, to order. out here in these streets where I grew up. All right. So you ordered like a lock picking set on Amazon mm-hmm. and we ended up picking the lock. I mean, it's all your mastery here. I, I mean, mastery is a, uh, I'm, I'm not the lock picking lawyer. If you've ever seen you hit the, videos. you hit the, the jiggle technique, I think. Yeah. Right? I hit the, it's like, it's like raking a lock or bump king or whatever you want to call it. It's uh-huh. like, it's like, it requires very little finesse and mainly just brute force monkey brain and right. stubbornness, which that I possess in spades. So I just basically went and brute force a lock open uh, like one night after after we played a kickball game. Yeah. And we were like, eh, you know, we were we were like, oh, we have nothing valuable down here. You know, we don't like we for some reason we like didn't want to get the lock changed because we weren't sure if we'd have to pay the locksmith. And we were like, eh, you know, it's it's just boxes down here. Also, like, like another big key is so the entrance to the basement if, if you don't know, so we didn't even really describe, like, we just said we have a basement. So the entrance to the basement is through the exterior of our yeah. house. This It's essentially, you can think of it like a cellar entrance. There's no entrance to the house. Mm-hmm. There's, like, little window slits at the top of it. So, like, in theory, if you look close enough, like, along the side of our house, you can tell there is a basement. But there's no, like... There's no entrance from the house, and the, this like cellar entrance to the basement is through this shed that we yep. have attached to our house. So there's no like very clear and obvious indication, quite frankly, that we have a basement to begin with. Mm-hmm. And you have to go through two doors. You have to go through the deadbolted shed door and the basement door down a set of stairs. So like it's very out of the way. Like to me and Aaron, we yeah. kind of I don't even know if we even really discussed it more than like a brief conversation. It's like, well, we have literally nothing down there, and. There's like no way to, unless you literally know we have a basement, 
there's there's no way you exactly it's like you know. all the way so the way our house is is like you know it it sort of so you have the street and then there's like a narrow driveway and it's like in between a bunch of houses on like a little row and so there's little there's this little narrow driveway and that's actually where our front door is like you can't even like the front door doesn't even face the street yeah and you have to go all the way down the driveway and then around like the back little area and that's where the entrance of the basement is mm-hmm. so unless you're like one of our neighbors like you wouldn't even know that that was there if you were just walking by it on the street right so essentially what you're probably gathering by the way we're telling this story of how there's no way that anyone would know where our basement is surprise one day this was like i think it was a monday or or i think it was a monday because we our options were like the weekend for what had happened and we were like work i was was gonna say i was in the middle of work right it was like right after work had ended because i like went to star market after work to like get a couple groceries or whatever Mm -hmm. i came home i literally like heard birds chirping in our backyard and i was like oh let me go see the birds like that's literally what happened or like i went to throw something away like it's something like that so i walked past our front door into the backyard and i noticed our door was just open or the shed door was open and i'm like huh that's kind of weird but like I was like, Aaron probably just had to put something in the basement and just like forgot to close or like accidentally didn't deadbolt it or something like that. So I was just like, okay, let me just go close the door. So I go around the corner. I go to close the shed door and I look down the stairs and the basement door is open. I'm like, okay, that's weird because like, obviously I'm dumb enough too to like accidentally leave a door open once or maybe Aaron, I was like, maybe Aaron's in the middle. I am dumb enough to leave doors open. That is true. I was like, maybe because my first thought was like, maybe Aaron's in the middle of like putting things downstairs. So you just Mm -hmm. left it open while you're doing it. And so I didn't immediately jump to like, Oh, there's someone in the basement, but I wasn't about to just be like, Hmm, let me just find my, like go down and see what's up. So I like called down into the basement. I was like, Aaron, and there's no response. I was like, okay. Um, and so, I walked back into the house and you were like in bed or something like taking yeah, a nap. Yeah, I was like I think I was like taking a nap cuz I think I heard you like calling like Aaron Aaron and I was like what the hell like you were like outside I uh-huh. think is when I heard oh, you. Oh yeah, cuz that's that the weird. side of the house your bedroom's on. So if your window's yeah. a little open, you probably would have heard me. Yeah. So so anyways, I was like, "Okay, that's weird." I come into the house and I go I'm like, "Aaron, have you been in the shed in the last like in a couple hours and you're like no why i'm like well the door is wide open yeah and so you're like okay let me get my contacts in and we can go down and see so you get your contacts in whatever we walk down and we like slowly make our way into the basement turn the light on yeah um i remember i i don't know why i've been watching a lot of walking dead or something mm-hmm. i think i was like wa- re-watching an episode of walking dead when you came up and and told me so i go down and you're like i don't know what's going on i'm like have you been down there and he goes and you you go no and i go okay and i walked down crouched down and banged on the door frame. yeah you did do that yeah, yeah i banged on the door frame because in the show it's what they do to like get zombies get, out to, like them. attract them with the noise yeah. and i was like what i'm like hold on back to real life for a second <laughs> okay i did i remember you doing that but i didn't put two and two together but that makes a lot of sense that is yeah. kind of funny because i know you you've been rewatching the show did you side tangent though did you yeah. watch the ending that because the of show what? just ended didn't it oh it did it dude i was watching back in like the old like season one right. and two and three yeah I, I like stopped around like season three or the four. series finale was like i think two weeks ago dude that show went off the rails so fucking fast yeah though. <laughs> well my friend joey who you know he's like he's yeah, religiously watched it every single week so uh, 
I actually I haven't talked to him about it. You I think he said it. something about it in the group chat, but you should watch it with his kid. That's what I did with my dad. Right. Well, he watched it with his dad. That's what yeah, he did too. Exactly. You so. continue it down, pass it down the generations. Right. Well, now they're doing their those spinoffs are still going like Fear the Walking Dead and how um, many spinoffs are there? I think two. Well, two, and they also have a many. spinoff planned for Rick and like Michonne. I think. I thought Rick was dead. Wasn't no. that? spoilers, by the way, for He's the Walking not dead. dead. It's <laughs> if you care about spoilers <laughs> for the Walking Dead, you got some weird priorities, but. No, like Rick is alive. He he makes an appearance in the season finale because like mm. one of the last two seasons, he like flies off in a helicopter to do something. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I just okay. know that's what happens. And so he just been gone. But then they like show him at the end of the series with Michonne because they're like together now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they were banging, right? <laughs> and so yeah, the like part of the se- series finale is like showing that they're still alive and whatever, and like kind of teasing the uh, like inevitable the spinoff show. I'm coming back. Interesting. Okay. But, Still um, won't watch it, but good to know. <laughs> <laughs> but so we go into the basement. There's no one down there, nothing, whatever. Like everything looks fine. We're like, huh? Like, guess, yeah. well, I don't know. Someone opened we were, the doors we were or like, something. It's weird because it's like, all right, well, the doors latch and the other doors like down the stairs right. with the doorknob. We're like, it's not, it's not the wind. Right. You know, it's like we're not, we're not Skyrim guards being like, oh, must have been the wind. Right. <laughs> but I noticed while we were down there, just like trying to figure out what had happened, I noticed that there's a cinder block in the back of mm-hmm. the basement that I'm like pretty confident was in a different place. Cause yeah. we, there's a couple cinder blocks down there from the previous tenants or like whoever, whatever. And I'm pretty sure they were all together. And then, but now there's one of them that's on the other side of the basement. And not only that, there were a couple like weird strips of like cardboard that had been moved around that we uh-huh. were like, those definitely weren't there before. Right. So all together we were, like kind of spooked but like also none of the boxes we had down there were like rifled through or pushed aside or anything like that so yeah we had everything like all of our stuff like the few items we had down there were all like stacked up in a corner Mm -hmm. and it's like it was a bunch of boxes so it's like you couldn't tell like like i said we didn't have shit down there a lot of it was empty but everything was stacked on top of each other so it's like you couldn't tell from looking at it there was nothing in those boxes right. like you would have had to go over like pick them up and move them around especially to be able to tell. because a couple like one of the boxes is my the box from my record player and it shows on the outside that that's what it is like mm-hmm. you would think if someone's looking for valuables or something yeah they would check if the record player was in the box mm-hmm. you know and, and we know how valuable you think your record player right. is right <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, so like, it doesn't seem like someone's trying to rob us, obviously. But like, if they were just going down there to like, I don't know, seek shelter, like, why did they leave the door wide open? Yeah. Like asking for us to realize they were there. So I don't know. It's altogether, I mean, spooky. I don't like the thought of someone being in our basement. Um, yeah. So we got the. I don't lock think changed. a lot of people like no. that thought. I'm gonna. I, I think you share that <laughs> fear with a lot of people. Right. So we got the lock changed. It's now. If anyone's listening to this show, think they want to step. Step on our territory. It's now protected. We have. You think you got ops, Jock, yeah, on this show? I do. Yeah. I was gonna say because uh, we described the layout of our house pretty perfectly, right. where it was like, if you do want to come rob us, I think you know. I just, you should know if you're coming to rob us, we are armed. We are armed. We are strapped. I do. I do have a bow now. Also, so there's no. I have like ten machine guns. It's true. The the ATF doesn't listen to this. Also, we have they? turrets, like auto <laughs> turrets. What else do we have? We, we have, have auto the laser defense grid. That yeah, we, we also just installed. have a nuke That's under a the basement. Yeah. If if you've like defeated us, I just have like 
I like always carry predator. around a trigger yeah. around. Yeah, and I'm ready to just blow us all up. Just just so you know. We do live across from a school, though, too, so we got to be comfortable taking them down with us. Yeah, well, hopefully people will rob us at night and the kids will all be at home. Ah, that's know. good. Yeah, yeah, you right. <laughs> um, that's So that's another thing. If you're robbing us, think about the innocent lives you're putting at risk. Right, exactly. Also, the police station is like a single block away, so yeah. if I'm calling, calling the police, they're here in less than a minute. Just it's so you true. know. We should test that out sometime to check the response time to our house. If it's anything right. longer than two minutes when they're like a five minute walk away. No, that's... we should we should do a social experiment. We're, social. That's the next you... time Julius is in town. <laughs> we call the police time how fast it takes them to get here. Do we have to mention that he's black on the call? Well, um, he just. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You know, like, no, oh, I'm a black man calling That's the for... that's the social experiment, right? We have like you walk down the street and I call the cops and be like, Hey, there's a guy walking down the street and they'll be like, All right, and they'll like describe him like he's white and then it's like, All right, twenty minutes go by and right. they don't show up. Then we have Julius walk down the street right. and we call him we say the same thing and then we're like, Oh, but he's black and then see how long it takes him mm, to get here. Yeah, that's a better one. These are the political hot takes you get on Jock Talks. Right. Well it brings us back to my first so if you're a loyal listener to the show, mm-hmm. Julius, I already interviewed. And one of the things we talked about, I remember, is I don't remember what f- the f- conversation became about phone calls. But I asked him, I was like, do you ever feel like you've been discriminated on a phone call? Because do you think yeah. people think or figure out based on your voice whether or not you're yeah. black or not? Because there's that whole movie about that. Oh, God. What's it called? Um, uh, mm. I forget it, but remember? Do you do you know what movie I'm talking about? It's like this guy. He's like a, he's a black guy, and he's like um, works for this corporation that does like sales. It actually has the actor was Stephen Yoon who plays Glenn in The Walking Dead. He's oh. in it too, and the whole thing is like he puts on like a white voice on like the phone calls for oh. like you know sales and customer service, right. and that's that's the whole thing is it's talking a lot about that and like not only just like racial equality but also like worker equality and worker discrimination, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, yeah, I've never oh, heard God. of that, or I don't know what you're talking about. I yeah, guess, so. it, it's like, excuse me, I don't know. Well, well Jamie, sure. pull it up. Jamie, pull up that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so we've talked about the house. Um, I suppose we. I mean, this is the nature of Jock Talks. I mm-hmm. just tangent city. We probably should have started with who the heck you are. I'm oh sure yeah. Right. The masses are confused. Oh about, God. We well, just if... we just jumped right into it. You're my roommate. And that's all they need to know. But yeah. I think there is more people need to know about the one the only to put it in the terms of jock talks lore if we go way back to one of your earlier episodes Mm -hmm. from the story of dc oh when we when you and a mysterious friend back when you weren't using people's names uh uh, went and got and were homeless for a night and before we were saved by a kind benevolent woman named sarah I am the other friend yeah. in that, uh, not the one who got blackout drunk and left us, right? But the one who also was uh, uh, got rescued by Sarah. So that's that's. Did I have my a name for you, or was that. it just my friend? Because I think that's. I think, mm. No, I think some of your feedback for me from that episode was if you're not going to use names, you might as well say like friend A, friend B, because yeah. I was just referring to everyone as my friend, and then this friend, and then this friend. Yeah, I think I after that episode, I like gave you permission to use my name uh-huh. or refer to me as A or whatever yeah. you wanted to. No, yeah, like, that that was the like because that was one of the first. I think like it was maybe like episode five or six. 
Um, or maybe even like three or four. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Anyways, that was like a breaking point though, because that was the first time I was telling stories that involved like multiple friends. Yeah. Well, like I think there had been stories where like there was multiple friends, but it wasn't like individual characters. Yeah, it was like like this is a pretty complicated right. story. Where and you, so there were a lot of people. You involved. and other people were like, "Can you like?" It was a little hard to follow, you yeah. know. And so then pretty much everyone who I'm close to was like, "Yo, if you tell stories like." Use my name as long as you're not saying I like killed someone, you know. Mm. So well, and I do have a number of those stories. So that was a big thing when I gave you like the list of topics that you weren't allowed to talk about. Right. Like we said, the police station is very close, so right. I had to make sure you didn't talk about my criminal history, like right. where I learned the lock picking skill right. and all of that. Right. You know, that was off limits. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so you you have been included in some stories that mm. people might not realize it as you. That is true. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other. I mean, you're on the kickball team. Yeah, I'm on the kickball team. I'm trying to think. Skydiving was with you, but I think. I mean, obviously, at that that point, point you were using names. Right. So I think I think people know that I'm the dude who somehow convinced three of his friends to jump out of a plane with him. Right. On which, all respect to you and to like Erica and Camille, I brought that idea up, and it took about. 30 seconds for you guys to be like yeah fuck it we'll jump out well yeah for because for honestly for me i wasn't too i was never i've never been Mm -hmm. in my life excited to jump out of a plane it was more of like a for me it's always been like a well if i'm like all my friends are doing it like yeah i'd do it and you asked me last you were like oh by the way we're jumping out of a plane i was like yeah what that's so like I don't because know. I, I think I assumed you would be the hardest one to convince. Sure. I I told Camille first because I knew she'd be down immediately. Right, because that's what happened. You're like you're like oh yeah, Camille and Erica already said they're gonna go, mm-hmm. and so like I said, I was like, well, I mean, fuck it, if they're doing it, yeah. like I'm not gonna be the one person who's like no, because I mean, as you were there experiencing with me, I'm the type of person like I know we're not crashing. I know, yeah. like, I don't have that kind of a fear. Obviously, when you're up that high, it does get, like, tense and stressful mm-hmm. and a little scary, but I, I never have, I've never, even, like, before I've been, like, had a fear because of, like, I think I'm gonna die or something like that. I knew we were safe. It's more just of, like, I'm not really a thrill seeker, and, like, that isn't something I find ju- particular joy in doing, mm-hmm. but if everyone's doing it, I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm not going to be the one person who's like, no. So, I did I, it. But. I will say, we, we're not going to rehash the whole story, but mm-hmm. the one thing I will say is you had, like, ice in your veins pretty much the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, so where, so we get there, obviously, like, we do all the waiting around while they're, like, you know, waiting for, the, the our, like, whatever, whenever our plane's supposed to take off. Like, we waited there for a couple hours. And, like, I remember Camille and I were especially, like, very nervous and, like, not, like, nervous, but very, like, you know, like, anxious like messing around a lot whatever like sort of trying a way to like right. get rid of all the nervous energy erica was also kind of nervous you did not care you were stone cold yeah. like you it, it was just another like saturday afternoon for you until and the whole thing happens like we get strapped in the instructors we're on the plane like at this point i'm like super nervous like i'm bouncing my leg uh-huh. like whatever like Camille has to have, like, her instructor, like, calm her down. Erica's, like, this close to having a panic attack. You're just sitting there vibing. And then I remember, because I was the first one to jump out of the plane, Mm -hmm. I get to the door, they roll the door up. I'm, like, leaning out, like, a mile above the ground, being like, oh, God. And then you just go, hey. And I look over, and you're like, I'll see you on the ground, bitch. Let's go. Like, just went from zero to incredibly hype. And then we get on the ground, and you're like, yeah, 
was pretty fun. Yeah. I, and like, like even after that, like all of us are like freaking out. Like I'm physically shaking. Like Camille and Eric are like shaking. We're like, wow, that's crazy. And you're like, yeah, all right. it was pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Just ice cold. Well, yeah, that's like the ultimately the side effect of. I mean, I'm really good at controlling like nervousness and stuff like that. And I mean, that's. I think it's more of like a testament to all the years I did of marching band, more or less, or, like, performing. Like, I mean, ah, truthfully... Yes. Marching band, jumping out of a plane, pretty much the same level I mean, of intensity. When, I'm a, when I was a young kid and started doing, like, performing, like, I performed in front of a lot of crowds. I mean, Notre Dame was the biggest crowds I performed in front of, like, mm-hmm. during halftime. But, like, the first couple times you do it, you're, like, shitting your pants. Like, I mean, in front of... A, I mean, quite frankly, I performed, in, like, consistently in front of hundreds of people. Um, like, not even to, like... Like, that's not even, like, be bragging or something. It's just, like, I got scared, and I was a nervous mm-hmm. performer, and I screwed up a lot when I was younger, like, 7th, mm-hmm. 8th grade, and I just had to learn to control my nerves. So, what I – essentially, what you do is you just shut off processing, yeah. like, nerve-type stuff. And so, that's what I did to, like, make sure I wasn't, like, sweating and, like, stressed out about jumping out of a plane. The What I was I'm getting to is the, like, side effect is that when I land, I'm still in that, like, yeah. perform – I don't want to say performance zone. Yeah, but, but like, you're... so like I'm at the ground and I'm like, yeah, it was fine. But like, it's because I st- I haven't I didn't activate the yeah. Well, you're like crazy. I gotta do what I need to do. Right. You're like I feel like for marching band, that's probably pretty important. Where it's like I just have to shut everything off and do what I right. practice. Exactly. You know, go through and exactly hit your marks. So, question for you: uh-huh. I'm not sure if you've talked about this on the podcast or not. To so stop me if you're rehashing an old story. But sure. when did you like for because like. Obviously, you know, when I met you, you were the band. Like, when I first met you before I got to New York, you were the band kid. Because right. during, like, orientation, all of that, like, in college, you were always gone, like, half the time. Because you had a bunch of different band events you had to go right. to. And I knew, in like, obviously, like, throughout a four years of college, like, you took it pretty seriously. You became, like, leader of, like, the baritone section, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so, when did you, like, first, like, pick up an instrument and be like, oh, okay, like, man, I'm I'm really into this. Yeah, so that's actually a good question because I'm, like, saving band stuff or, like, I haven't done, like, a band episode Mm -hmm. yet. But the time I did all that stuff was in middle school, and I did a middle school episode, and I didn't talk about this. But um, I started in sixth grade. It it wasn't necessarily, like, my parents forced me to, but they were like, oh, we think you should do an instrument. Because when I – my middle school changed the rules when I got into middle school, and they used to be – you could do band, you could do choir, you could do study hall. Yeah. But then they changed the rules and they're like, we can't let sixth graders do study hall because we want them at least to have a year of music. So a lot of kids did choir just because it doesn't require like to learn something. You just sing mm-hmm. more or less. So you could do choir, you could do band or they did this like music education class where it was like learning notes on a keyboard and stuff. So essentially like if you didn't really want to go through the effort of like performing and stuff, but you know, still have musical experience. So anyways, I did choir and band because I was kind of a sweat. <laughs> I just I just wanted to do it like yeah. do everything. So I ended up doing both. Well, I haven't heard those uh, pipes recently, Jock. You don't even sing in the shower. What's yeah, going on? I know. I, well, I'm I retired. Say, whenever, whenever I like open the door to like peek on you while you're in the shower, <laughs> I never see you singing. Right. It's because nowadays the shower is where I go to cry. So. Ah, now I have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So I picked up the trombone in sixth grade, and I was like, I don't know, it was just something kind of fun. But I think what I learned quickly is. I guess I'm the type of person, and you're the type of person to do. I think most of the people in our lives yeah. are because we are we hang out with like a bunch of engineers and stuff. We're the kind of people who like pick up things really easy, mm-hmm. like new 
I don't want to say skills, but like new things. Yeah. It's like you learn it. We're and, like more more intelligent than everyone. Yeah, I'm not trying to I, say. I, that. I know what you're saying. No, no, I got you. I'm with you on this. <laughs> but like you go to some dopey. I mean, you know this just as well too. You go to some dopey middle school in the middle of the Midwest. Yeah. More than half the kids are like brainless, <laughs> and so I'm. I'm like, I, I was gonna say for those of you who don't know, I am also from the middle of nowhere, Midwest, not Minnesota, but Michigan. Right. So yeah, I, I do kind of know what he's talking about. So I'm like one of pr- like sixteen to twenty trombone players. Half of them don't even know more than two notes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So hey, bro, like, I know like one note. So right. give give us some credit here. <laughs> but so like I like. I, I, like, picked it up, and my, like, band teachers were like, oh, you're, like, pretty good. You should do, like, jazz band and stuff. And I'm like, honestly, I'm not that good. I'm just, like, a little bit better mm-hmm. than the trash, you know? <laughs> but so most people quit after – or not most, but a lot of people quit after sixth grade because then you can do study hall. Yeah. But I decided to stick with it. I stuck with band, and at the time, I did baseball and football, Mm-hmm. um like as sports as well i mean i'm still really into sports sports is like a big passion of mine obviously oh i know <laughs> but um my friends who were like really passionate about the band i only did band like i said because like not because i was like forced to but it was more just like sure i'll do it i like to do things right mm-hmm. and my friends were like oh in our district you can do the marching band starting in seventh grade and I was like, oh, cool, another thing to just do. Like, straight up, it was just like, I like things to do. Yeah. You know, my, I, I enjoy doing right. things. And my, I had close friends who were like band, like band kid, band kids, right? And, um, like, shout out Corey and Zach, I think, were the two. I, they'll never listen to this, but they were the two biggest, like, you got to do Marchman. You got to do Marchman. No, the guy my age, other seventh, seventh graders at the time. Ah, I, got I was like, sure, I'll do Marchman. And it ended up being, like, just so much fun. I fell in love with, like, performing um and i like through like i think i got good at playing the trombone and doing it mostly because i mean i spent like a whole season doing it or like football you like you go to practice twice a week at like middle school level yeah, yeah you go to practice twice a week and you're like cool shove each other around but like this was a lot of like actually working on music and i did it with high schoolers so i got like taught at a high school mm-hmm. level in seventh grade so i got like decently good at it or like as good as a seventh grader can right yeah and so you start to get older, you start to have less time for multiple activities because football, baseball, those yeah, start becoming start, more demanding. Say, you start actually have to do like weight training and stuff for those the, the older you get. We like, had a we had a couple kids. I, I played football in high school. Um, we had a couple kids that were band and football. And I don't know how they had time for anything. Like they would regularly be like, that was a big thing was they had to work out with their band teacher and with or band coach or however you like instructor yeah instructor and the football coaches like work out the schedule of like okay i'll go to band until then then i'll come to practice like Mm -hmm. it was crazy so so it got to that point and my parents didn't really have money for me to do a bunch of things Mm -hmm. anyways because i have four siblings who also want to do things so it pretty much was like time and budget like jacques you have to choose one thing as much as i love football much as i love baseball Baseball was, like, the one I enjoyed playing more because I was a little better at baseball than I was football. Football, I just played, like, offensive line. And at, like, a seventh grade level, yeah. I mean, like, you played O-line too. Yeah. So, like, at, like, the seventh grade level, it's, like, not really that 
fun. No, at the seventh grade level, O line is, and I will say, O line's pretty brain dead in general. I did play, I played offensive line in high school, uh, too. But in, in the middle school level, it's like, yeah, just push the kid in front. No, you like, should you, just like, you don't know, you don't have plays, you yeah. don't have anything. It's like, yeah, all right, push the kid to the right or push the kid to the left right. or push the kid straight forward. That's right. it. That's all you need. Right, exactly. And base, so baseball, I played second base, and I like enjoyed baseball and I really like playing it. But at the end of the day, I wasn't that good, especially mm-hmm. at hitting. I just I didn't have the talent physically or like whatever. And so, and my closer friends were in band, mm-hmm. and so I was like, I guess I'll just stick with band. And my my like original plan was, okay, if I only have to choose one, I'll do band for a year, and if like I decide I miss baseball too much, I'll go back in the new high school I was going to, and I'll I'll play baseball at cell because the big thing that i felt like i was maybe missing out on is if i didn't do baseball like eighth grade then i wouldn't be in like the pipeline to be on like the freshman team for high school and stuff like that but i was going to a a private high school anyway so i was like well if i decide band isn't for me whatever i'm moving you know anyways then i'll just transition to baseball but my band ended up winning state Mm -hmm. um, my eighth grade year we were like best in state i was like damn we're good (laughs) so i was like i was like i'm just gonna stick with me all me (laughs) So I just, I ended up sticking with it and I don't regret it. I mean, I, if there's anything I regret, I regret not being able to do stick with football and, mm-hmm. and baseball. But, um, anyways, this ended up turning into a five, 10 minute conversation about band, but, um, but yeah, so that's, well, yeah, I mean, that's why I invited you on my podcast. You know, right. I wanted to let the listeners really like get to know you. Right. But, um, but yeah, so I guess we, we mentioned it briefly. Well, we can like go through the, the small litany. So obviously you're from a small town in Michigan. That's mm-hmm. where you grew up. We kind of share that um, like small town Midwest bond. But yep. I guess I did band. You did football. I genuinely I don't know how your football started. I know like the small little stories of like, oh, like your parents would yell drink water at you. And like, I know yeah. like different football things in high school for you. But like, like how did you get into playing sports? And did you play other sports like I before did. football? So my parents had a thing where, well, so it's, I probably started playing f- like football in third grade, I want to say, maybe second. Because, um, you know, there's like a certain age where it's like, okay, well, we can't have seven-year-olds running into each other as fast as possible right. and trying to kill each other. But like, you know, eight-year-olds, that's probably fine. Right. So I think that's about the time when I started. Um, my parents basically had a rule for me and my sister. So I have I have one sister as well. Shout out Rachel. Um, she also wants to be on the podcast at some point. Yeah, I know she does. That's yeah. inevitably. Because I, I, I've known she's she's wanted to be on. Yeah. So. Um, and so I, uh, my parents had a rule where basically it's like for two seasons, so either spring, um, you know, winter or fall, so like school seasons, you know, summer, there's not really sports. Um, we had to pick a sport and play it. They said, be whatever the heck you want, you know, but you have to play something. You have to be active was pretty much what they wanted to say. So, uh-huh. um, springtime, I actually, I picked up lacrosse, um, but like, you know, later on I wasn't like, I was never that good at lacrosse. I just wasn't, I like didn't have the coordination for it mm-hmm. uh, and ended up switching to running track uh, in high school just because like that's, you know, where all the football, what all the football players would do in the spring to keep in shape. And it's like super easy and not that as much of a time investment uh-huh. as other sports. So football was really my main sport. Um, I started in third grade uh, and I don't know, I just like, I did not like it at first because I had an awful elementary school coach Mm. who was just like 
like it, later on, you know, as you get older, you like learn, like you you start to view adults differently because you start to understand things better. What I didn't know at the time was my elementary school coach was going through a divorce oh. and just decided to take it out on a bunch of eight-year-olds. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. And like putting it into context, it makes like a lot more sense. Like he would run kids to like they threw up, you uh-huh. know, like he was just taking like, you know, third grade football, peewee football way too seriously. And it's like, okay, dude. You're not going to go out here and coach the Patriots anytime soon. So it's like, let's calm it down. So I remember this very distinctly. I was eight years old and I told my mom, I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to play football anymore. This sucks. Like, I just, I hate it. Like, I dread going to practice every day Mm -hmm. just because it's like, you know, the environment was terrible. And a bunch of the other kids were having the same issue. Um but my dad, he played football growing up too. You know, just through high school, like right. he wasn't. You know, he wasn't a college he play player. Didn't play at UVA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, he was. Uh, what'd you say? Sorry. He said he didn't play at UVA. No, he did not play at UVA. Honestly, though, their football team's so trash that he probably could have walked <laughs> on. Who knows? Um, but my dad played it, and like he saw. This is, I think, this is like my second year playing football when I had this really terrible coach, and he saw like he was like, I don't know, I think he'll really like it, like. Just have him stick it out for another season. So they bribed me with a Lego set because oh, I loved Legos love growing that. up. And I, I was, they were like, we'll give you a Lego set if you play the rest of the season. And I was like, you make some good points. Yeah. So I toughed it out for another season um, and ended up like really falling in love with the sport. So then I played all the way through. And then so middle school came and I ended up going to like a private Catholic middle school that like we had fucking 10 kids per grade. Oh, wow. So, like, we did not have enough people to field the football team. So, no. there was, like, another, like, youth football league. So, you know, like, middle school, like, the middle – Jefferson Middle School was a middle school in my town. Um, you know, they had enough kids to field the team. Uh, but, like, all the other, like, disparate kids, get, be it homeschooled kids or private school kids like me or whatever else, if you want to play football, you had to go through, like, this – Mayfield Midland Area Youth Football League. So I ended up joining that. Um, and then, so played through that. Uh, and then high school, um, you know, I went to a public high school and ended up joining the team there. And I was never, like, I enjoyed football a lot. I think it just gave me, one, I just, I liked being active. Two, it gave, I liked contact sports. It just really, I don't know, it gave me, like, an outlet, I guess. Like, I... I wouldn't say I'm, like, an aggressive person or have a temper at all, and especially as I've gotten older, too. When Uh you're, like, a young kid with, like, a lot of energy and a lot of hormones, it's, you know, a pretty nice outlet to have. Um, And also, it was, like, a very constructive environment where it's, like, you know, I I definitely was a pretty socially awkward kid, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And I think sort of, like, you know, working through... Uh, like learning like teamwork or whatever, like getting a lot, like, you know, there were a lot of assholes on all of my teams, but you know, like you had to sort of learn how to work with them, learn how right. to be a team. Um, I think there was a lot of value in that too. And I learned a lot of things through that. Um, and then as I got to the high school level and like hit puberty and hit like a growth spurt, I actually like got pretty good. Um, you know, I'm not fucking, I wasn't making all state or anything, but for, recruit. yeah, I was not a five-star recruit. Um, no, this is a funny side tangent. Uh, I would tell people 
from my hometown that I was going to Notre Dame. And like once I got accepted my senior year and I could tell if they knew nothing about football because they knew I played football right. in high school. I could tell they knew nothing about football when they were like, oh, are you playing football at Notre Dame? And I was like, yeah, the 180 pound kid right. is going to go play football at a D1 school. Yeah, not to mention we have like the best O-line in the country pretty consistently. So. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, ugh. I, so I was I, I got up to about, I think, like 210 when I was playing O-line. I was, I was still small for an O-lineman, but I was fast. And so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they worked with what they had. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I played high school football, hit a growth spurt, got pretty good. Um and then, so then I just really, to go back to what you said about, like, enjoying the performance, um, you know, when I was, like, a freshman, sophomore in high school before I made varsity, you know, like, you'd go to games and stuff, and the energy was really great. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, so it was kind of, like, the same thing, you know? It's, like, you go out there, and you have, like, all these people cheering for you, and, you know, and it's, like, very much um, something that's, like, in the moment, you know? It's not something where it's, like... I feel like especially nowadays, it's like a lot of things are like very like abstract and like, you know, like, you know, like the jobs we do when you're like sitting down and typing away at a computer, you know, it's not very like stimulating or anything. So it's like, it's very cool to have something where it's like, all right, you know, you're going to go out there for three hours. It's very active. You know, you're going to really like, you know, every like play is like six seconds where you're just fully in it. And I just kind of like really fell in love with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so and then uh, so go into high school, play football, start to get pretty good at it. And I remember this; it was my junior year, and so I'd been on varsity, um, and I was I was a starter on defense because I played outside linebacker. Uh-huh. And then it going into my senior year, they're like, "We want you." They're like, "You are technically pretty good," but I was like a hundred and like eighty five ish pounds, and they're like, "When we want you to play O line." But you need to gain like 20 pounds. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And they go, we need you to do it over the course of a summer. And I had a really high metabolism as a kid. Like I ate a lot and just like still was like pretty thin. Yep. And I was like, okay, how the hell am I going to gain all this weight? And so over the course of the summer, I would eat like five meals a day. And every night before I went to bed for three months, I ate an entire pint of ice cream because it was like 1,500 calories. And God, I like felt awful like all the time. Mm. But I gained the weight. I gained gained 20 pounds in a summer. And I remember to like maintain that weight during football season, we'd have this thing called Tubby Tuesdays. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Where all the old line would go to this like chinese restaurant like a buffet style restaurant and just eat as much as possible like you would get shamed if like at your pl- if you had less than like three full ass plates so of, that's like, just fried like fried rice you, that you said tubby tuesdays that's just like jock's thursday honestly <laughs> no i'm just kidding but uh, i've never seen listen dude i've never seen you eat the volume no i believe I yeah I can imagine for that, that quadruple decker peanut butter sandwich that you had for lunch doesn't even come close. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah. we all dropped. So then once I like quit doing football, we all dropped. Like, th- like all the old line just went back to eating like normal human beings, like when we were hungry and uh-huh. not when we were full, and we all dropped like thirty pounds without yeah. even trying. That's funny. But yeah, no. So that was uh, 
that was the extent of my football career. We did Notre Dame did have a full contact uh like football like rec league between all the like men's dorms. So I did that for a couple years, but you know, it's a lot different because you practice once a week and then games were on Sunday morning, so everyone was incredibly hungover yeah. whenever we played too. Yeah, I came and watched you guys a couple times. It was yeah. always a little fun, but it kind of sucked they I mean, we played with like no stands, so we couldn't like I could never really even see yeah. like a play or anything, but I mean, for what it was, it was still fun. It was fun. The um the like finals because the and it was like a single there were like 16 men's dorms so they did like a single elimination bracket for like the championship the final game was played actually at Notre Dame Stadium which right. is really cool we never made it there because well, it, it was always like Duncan and who, Siegfried or whatever yeah, right? Dylan well it was always like it was the men's dorm. It, I mean it was like D1 for high school where it's like determined by pretty much just how many kids are there right where it was like uh, Keenan had like 150 people Dylan had like 400 so right. it was like whoever the best but that's actually that's how I got to be pretty good friends with uh julius was yeah. he also played which yeah. i always thought was weird because he's he was like yeah i played football in france and i'm like yeah dude this isn't soccer and he goes <laughs> no i know like i played american football yeah. in france and i was like what the fuck yeah in his episode we talked about him playing football and yeah. stuff like that yeah it's interesting yeah like i said I, I mean i always regretted it wasn't like i regret choosing band over football it's just yeah. i regret i was never able to play football and baseball because i mean i love sports I'm very passionate about like my teams. Yeah. So um like I'm ride or die, usually die. Vikings. <laughs> I know, it's, dude. I you just, I I mean you I mean one, you don't I, I know you pretty well. Obviously mm-hmm. more than like a listener would like you don't really care that much about professional mm-hmm. sports. But like even if you did, I mean you gave up on the Lions, like Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah, like at a young, it must have been at a young age. Oh, it was. So I actually, so like Jock said, I don't actually, so I, I love playing sports. I don't actually follow sports that much. I follow like college sports, especially like Notre Dame sports. Um, I mean, not to level you do. Right. Like you are very much like, you know. I'm a fan. Yeah. Like you're, you're a big fan. Like, you know, like all the big players in the league, like big recruits, all that. It was just never. I don't know. I think, like, compared to, like, the average dude, I definitely follow sports less sure. than most. That, but think, I'm the band kid. You are, which I always thought was very funny. <laughs> no, I... It, yeah. That, that's its own conversation. I mean, but that's... It stems from the story I told is I always wanted to play mm-hmm. sports and do sports. I had a couple friends of mine who were like, Chuck, you should do it. I ended up being kind of good. And I was like, well, I'll just keep doing the thing I'm good at. Yeah. But the thing I always cared about and always was, like, interested in was yeah. sports so to this day i mean i don't really play an instrument anymore i'm on the couch every saturday and sunday watching mm-hmm. football because that's what i care about but is that what i did and that's all my friends were not really not but anyways yeah and it's crazy because i follow like all the marching bands like across the country and i know all like the top baritone <laughs> players and you just don't know anything about right. it and that's so weird to me. right <laughs> but um but no anyways i like interrupted you though um um oh yeah no i was just saying so like my, I well, it was weird because my parents are both from Virginia, and then moved to um, Michigan like shortly before they had me and my sister for my dad's job. So they didn't really have like a pro football team that they rooted for, right? And because my family didn't really root for the Lions or anything, like it's not like we had like you know like a big attachment to them or anything. 
And because when I was growing up, that's when they were going fucking 0 and 16. Right. For a couple seasons, I was like, well, I don't really want to root for them much either. Right. For a while, like I didn't like I said, I didn't really follow them that much, but my team was the the New York Giants because back when uh Bradshaw was the running back, when I was like nine, I went to a football camp in Virginia, funnily enough, when I was visiting my grandparents. It was like uh-huh. a weekend, like three day thing uh-huh. and they were like my parents were like oh this could be fun for you and i was like okay because i was nine i didn't make decisions for myself right right and um it was actually like run by like ahmad bradshaw and a couple of his buddies uh-huh. so i got to meet him and i was like oh that's cool so then i, yeah. I was like oh i'm a giants fan now right i still have like a a, a helmet signed by him oh somewhere. that's really cool yeah. yeah i don't have much i have a signed vikings football from a couple old players when i went mm-hmm. to a spring training camp but like, literally two days after. Because they're just, like, rando defensive players. They're not, like, the star players. Like, literally two or three days later, I go to my dad. And I'm like, wait, who signed my ball again? He's like, I don't remember. <laughs> so, it's, like, the, the signatures on it are, obviously, they're all retired at this point. It was from mm-hmm. when I was about same age, like, 9 or 10 or something. At this point, they're all retired or, you know, whatever. But they were, le- like, legit players on the team. Mm-hmm. We just do not remember and the, i mean they're like autographs oh, so there's so no way of actually yeah telling. it's it's scribbles so, so it's i have a football faded. that's got like four autographs on it i don't remember who the players are but i i have the ball that's but, funny um but yeah there's that made me think uh ian book has it or when he was the quarterback in notre dame yeah. he was the quarterback when me and aaron were there okay we, we've obviously referenced it a couple times i don't know if we ever explicitly were like we met at notre dame have do we i was gonna say yeah we were that, that's just he, a fact yeah he lived like right across from me that's um, how we met that is how we met can i tell a story of yeah you how can tell the met? story of how this we actually kind of funny met. yeah because um so like i mentioned earlier jock was so during orientation week in college um jock was gone a lot because he had like specific band, band like yeah. orientation and band okay. camps i i don't think i've ever explained this either i'll just say it. so yeah it, it is honestly if there's one particularly annoying thing about band during move-in is ba- so like essentially band tryouts or band camp how they teach us like the basic routine for our pregame show we have like 10 hours of practice every day for that the first week of like move-ins but that's the time when like freshmen all like get to know each other and meet each other but they have us at practice every single day don't get to go to all the events and stuff mm-hmm. and it's like like i get like you need to do this tryout so we can start practicing for the first game that's in like two weeks but like that being said it was kind of bummy that i was never around to actually like yeah. hang out with you kevin peter and all the other people like week one but yeah um so as a result of that pretty much like i had so we'd moved in and i'd like met jock like briefly like we'd like like i knew your name and like right. we said hi and, I, and um but i really for like all the orientation stuff that we've been doing i've been hanging out with his roommate kevin who you talked about on the podcast before yeah. um i've been hanging out with him a lot so him i like actually kind of knew and i remember it was one like morning or afternoon it was like day three or four of like orientation stuff and we had an event that was in, like, a couple minutes. And I had to, like, I was, like, looking for Kevin to, like, see if you wanted to walk over to the event together. So I walk into your and Kevin's room. And you're on the couch, like, and, like, I, I just walk in and go, hey, where's Kevin? And you look at me and you go, I don't know. And you're, like, crying. And I'm, like, oh, like, what's wrong? And you go, my girlfriend just broke up with me. And I go, oh, that sucks, man. Um, 
all right, I'm going to go find Kevin. And I just turned around yeah. and walked out. And I was like, because like, I had somewhere to be. And I was like, I didn't know you back then. I felt like, it's, and I was like, I'm still kind of awkward. So I was like, oh, I just, I guess I'm just going to leave. And I felt so bad about that. In spite of it all, like we've become friends. Right. So appreciate that. But I was like, man, that was such a dick move. Well, on my yeah, part. I didn't hold it against you. I mean, like, what do you, in that moment, I was not looking for someone to sit down and like, it's okay, yeah, buddy. Sure, but you know, no, I I appreciate you. you I could have done more than be like, oh, that sucks. Bye. No, I do. I do remember though, because I was like, oh, my girlfriend just broke up with me, and she had literally called me and broke up with me. And, you know, it is what yeah. it is. It's for the better. We broke up. And I mean, and, you but, know, and we like talked about it like later once right. we actually got to know each but, other. But no, I distinctly remember you like had the door like ajar. You're like staying. You're like, oh yeah. Oh, well. I'm gonna go then. And you just left. Yeah, I just like, the only thing you could have do, but you literally no, like, I know, like, had that moment where you were like, "Well, uh, I'm gonna go then." Like literally, <laughs> that phrase was you. It was like fun. I mean, yeah, no, it's like back. looking back on it, it's funny. But at the time, I was like, "Damn!" And then I remember I walk up to Kevin, and I'm like, "Damn, bro, your roommate's having a rough one right yeah. now." But um, but it all worked out. We had a great freshman year, and we we never lived directly together mm-hmm. until now because. We always had a common room and you down the hall. Yes. Because truthful, I mean, the the literally spoken reason was no one wanted to room I with you because of how messy I was, you were. I, my room was a goddamn, but, like. But we want, obviously we weren't like, okay, bye, Aaron, you know, yeah. find different friends. So we were always like, get the room as close as you can to us. Just yeah. find some idiot who doesn't know how messy you are oh, yeah. to live with you. Well, that's why I lived with, I'm not sure, have you ever talked about Rich on the podcast? I maybe mentioned it, but yeah. I mean, I don't know about literally mentioned him so well, that's why i lived with like my sophomore year i lived with an athlete a, a nerd name like uh he, he played on the tennis team which was probably the best situation ever because he was all he was never in the room like ever during mm-hmm. the day like he would be gone by the time i woke up and he'd be asleep by the time i came back and i was just chilling in your guys common room all the time right because that was pretty much how it worked i'm like yeah i'll just keep the absolute toxic waste zone that is you know my living area in my room and right. i'll just come chill in your guys common well, it's room. interesting too i don't know i feel like we never even talked about this just the thought i had is yeah. me and you have al- were always like the night owls in our yes. friend group, me and you were always the last two in the common room any yep. given night, either doing homework or like you like doing something in your laptop. I was like playing Fortnite or something. Yeah. Like I played a lot of Fortnite sophomore <laughs> year. Like most but, like, people did. That's yeah. when I w- what's I don't know like season six or whatever when like literally everyone who played video games played Fortnite. Yeah. That's like always what I was doing. And actually, like one of my funny memories that has to do with you from that year specifically. So so we we can give like the long story short. So mm-hmm. you lived with Rich, the athlete. Um, uh, sophomore year and then junior year, we decided to move into a quad and some of because some of the guys who lived with us didn't want to live in a common room anymore yep. just because we had funny business happen well, during sophomore say, year. And also like Bernie was like he was going to right, London, and he was going so abroad and stuff. Can, yeah, and so Rich decided got pulled into the quad with us. And <laughs> Which then you, I had, thought I was gonna say that actually I wasn't actually upset, but I was like, damn, this random asshole that I lived with is getting to go in the common room before to me. Be f- uh, and I, I agree with you. I'm not trying to take that away. But I think almost the biggest reason he was, though, was because he had the best number out of all he of did. us. And he was the one that was going to guarantee we yeah. get a good quad. So to give a little bit of background, the way it worked is so rooms went on like a lotto system. So everyone pulled a number and the higher the number, like the better your pick. Uh-huh. And I think the way it worked was if you want a common room, it was the average for, of all the for numbers. For Keenan, it was average. A lot of other yeah. dorms did 
just whoever had the highest number between the four or six. Yeah. That's what you took. But Keenan, yeah, it was it was average. And I think you had like a I don't think you had a terrible had a number. number. Well, I was also just like I, I, I understood my place right. at this point. Like I, I'm not actually upset because what it also meant was I didn't really have as much responsibility for the common room, even though I basically lived there. Right. So it all worked. That out. is true. But um but yeah, so I mean software engineer, it was always me and you in the common room, like yep. late. Grinding um, grinding out those like data structures yeah. assignments. Yeah. Um but software year your parents like helped move in mm-hmm. different stuff. So you were always there early with me, sophomore and junior year, um, because of band. And so sophomore year, I moved in early and we like hadn't mounted my TV up. My TV was just on the floor and I was like playing Fortnite. And that you were like would hang out with me even in the like shell of a common room. Even yeah. it was like two days. And do you, who is that? What's the name of that one oh, dude? It's like an eye, doesn't it? Yes, Iomade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what he we okay we don't need to get into no 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 we we don't but we we don't need to get into like him or whatever but i just think it was really fun there was one day i was playing fortnite and you were like in there hanging out and he had just like wandered into our common room and like was talking to us whatever and he was like let me try fortnite and i was like fine whatever and i'd been like playing fortnite for like a Mm -hmm. while now and like i could never get a solo win i just like kind of sucked at the game this is before i like learned how to build i'm like decent at Fortnite now i don't really play it that much anymore i've been playing mm-hmm. call of duty recently but i know like, i hear like, you I, in your room sometimes right <laughs> i've um but i've like gotten solo wins since but like at the time i sucked comparatively to like the sweats of Fortnite. yeah i can never get a solo win so this random dude who literally had never like hardly ever touched a controller in his life he played a game of Fortnite and he won his first game he like won his first solo game and me and you like looked at each other like in we could not believe yes. it now, here's the thing, though. He also was, like, a bit of a pathological liar, so I don't know how true that was. Because we had more... There's stories we don't need to get into right. that, like, kind of support this. But one of them was, when I first met him, so he was actually one of my one of my friends from back home, one of the few people from my town that also ended up going to uh, Notre Dame. Um, he ended up... He went through, like, the Holy Cross, like, pipeline, where it's, like... You do a year at Holy Cross, and then he ended up transferring into Notre Dame. And he uh, was basically assigned to be a random roommate in Keenan with this guy, Iomade. And he, I was like, oh, hey, like I'll come visit my friend. So I go and I go to visit him, and he goes, oh, yeah, this is my roommate, Io. And I go, oh, hey, Io. And Io just started like signing with his hands, like sign language. And I was like, oh. And he like made a, made a motion like he can't speak. And I was like, oh, are you like deaf? And he shook his head and I go, so you're mute. And he nodded. And then he kept that going for like 10 minutes, like long after, first of all, weird joke. If he was trying to make it right. 10 minutes is long after the joke, like stopped being funny. Right. And he goes, Oh yeah, by the way, I can talk. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So I don't know. Maybe that wasn't his first game. And he was just like fucking with us. Yeah, but... maybe. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, plenty, plenty of good times in college. We mm-hmm. didn't live together senior year. You moved off campus with Kevin yep. and Jack. Um, I stayed on campus, and um, then we both moved out here. Mm-hmm. And we didn't live together at first because you wanted to live in the city. I well, wanted to my live. job, like my office, was here. Yeah. So you, yeah. My office was not, so I lived close to work. And then I was like, you know what? I want to move into the city, and it 
ended up just kind of working out for us to yeah. uh, i was like i kind of want to move out of my place because like the actual like the apartment wasn't very nice it was just ba- we ended up looking for an apartment like my older mates and i ended up looking for an apartment like way too late yeah and i was like yeah i just don't really like this place and you were like i want to move into the city and i was like perfect yeah so other than the ghost and the <laughs> creeper entering our basement once yep. hopefully just once um, well he did try again remember we found the door we, open yeah we again. never concluded our story there was yeah. two weeks later aaron went to take something on the trash and noticed the shed was open so shed was open but door was still locked so right. we don't think that they broke in again but we think they may have tried so um but luckily uh yeah that's that's been it so we're yeah. chilling we're vibing it's a good arrangement so far i'd say uh we make it work that's true not like we- it's I don't know. It's like it's like interesting because we've never lived together until now. But like, yeah. I feel like we've we know each other so we know each other's tendencies. We like yeah. there there I wasn't mean, like a awkward like getting to know living with each other because f- for all intents and purposes we we have just, we never like like I said we never like officially lived together like as in lived in the same room like right. dorm room in college but like i practically lived in your guys's common room right. with you all we had so. shared spaces for yeah two years and like literally so. i mean it, it was funny when you talked about like you know playing games and you're like yeah you know like i play call of duty and whatnot i i was laughing because you a big thing that was when we lived and i remember i could hear so i lived in my sophomore year i lived down the hall like a couple rooms uh-huh. away like i was probably like 30 feet away and I could still sometimes hear you on Xbox with your friends just getting heated yeah. about shit. And then that was like a big thing, like a big running joke in our friend group was you can always hear jocks. You can always tell when jocks playing games because you can hear them through the walls. And then when I moved in with you and I was I'll be like downstairs sometimes like grabbing food and I'll just hear like what the fuck was that? I'm like, ah, I remember this. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is, this brings back some good memories. Yeah. The, uh, the infamous incident at college. The that blue is always shell quoted. incident. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell the, cause you weren't, <laughs> the, you like was, came I in wasn't after there, when yeah. you, you were like, you like, I'll tell the story. And then you like, were in your room and you like came in your room and you're like, did someone die in here? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like y'all. So it was. Like, did someone get murdered? <laughs> me and Chris and Kevin were in me and Kevin's room freshman year. We were playing Mario Kart Double Dash on Kevin's GameCube. And me and Kevin were playing, and Chris was just watching. Mm-hmm. Chris was just like on his phone, like low key watching, right? And we, me and Kevin tried for weeks to do like the com- like the complete cup mirror mode, like 150cc, like the hardest yeah. thing in the well, game. I, you were trying to unlock mirror mode, I thought, right? Or it, one of the two. So there's there's the normal mode 150cc every mm-hmm. race and then there's the mirror mode version of it. So each one of them unlock a special like racer or whatever. So we were like doing I think we were doing it on mirror mode. It doesn't really even matter. The point is you have to play all 16 races and you have to finish first place. And the AI on 150cc is like hard. You pretty much have like one or two races where you can get like second and third. Mm-hmm. Every other race you have to win like the room for error is very slim and you have to do all 16 races so if you fuck up on race like 14 or 15 you just wasted yeah close to two hours for nothing so that was the situation here where i was ahead by like one or two points and we were on like the second to last we were like race 15 of 16 and right before i crossed the finish line like like 
30 seconds sooner because me and Kevin were like working together because at this point I was close to winning. Kevin had no chance, right? Yeah. And so we were racing against each other, but it was like, we want this unlock. So like Kevin was going to like do everything he could to help me win. So he would stay back, Just get, with the get, AI, good, yeah. get good power-ups. And in case I got passed, he would use his power-ups against the AI to help me. And so Kevin was like, I got a blue shell. Like relatively midway through the like third lap of the race. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I race the, number was this? What? What race number was this? Like 15. Yeah. So like we had been doing this for a while and it was like a close i had to win this race and so i had i had that in the back of my mind but i didn't realize at the time he had, he had used his blue shell i didn't realize that i just thought he had one and so i got into first place really close to the end of the race and i was about to cross the finish line and win and i got hit by a blue shell and so i ended up getting like fifth or something in the race but i i thought kevin was the one who sent the blue shell out on me and screwed me and so i like set the con- like threw the controller down I was like, oh yeah there was kevin, a loud smack what? like i like screamed at him i was like why would you use that on me we need to win this i was i like yelled at him and chris chris tells the story the funniest because he oh, was yeah. the one like passively sitting there he was like he's like i thought jock was straight up about to kill kevin no there's and- there's like a video of like because like i said i was there but chris showed me a video of like the tail end of this and kevin is like sinking into the couch while jock is just looming over him like looking like a fucking like someone who's about to beat a puppy and i was like oh my god because i was in my room doing homework and just heard the aftermath of this and walked in, I was like, did someone get murdered? So, yeah, like, definitely low moment for me. I mean, that was weeks of built-up tension of trying to do this. And mm. we got so close. We were, like, one race away. And I thought Kevin was, yeah, like, screwed us. Over. And I was so, so mad. But And we never beat it because I, I just never wanted to try again because I was so mad. Yeah. Because he was, like, it wasn't me. And I believe him. But I, like... For a while, I was. I That's was crazy because so he told me that it was him, and he just <laughs> did it because he hated you. There is this other interesting, interesting parallel, or not parallel, but like another interesting story, like video game wise, that I like raged over was back in like the Minecraft days, you know. Yeah. There's one Good day days. me and my friends like shared. It wasn't a realm. My friend just like hosted the world. It was like we played on Xbox, so like mm-hmm. one person could have the world, and everyone else could join or whatever. And I was I spent like two days on this like big like mansion house, whatever. And one day I lost, and it was like a few chunks away from everyone else. I was like, I'm going to go build my mansion in the woods, whatever. Yeah. So I was getting annoyed by all my friends. And so this, this has got to be like eighth grade or something at this point. So this is at this point is like close to 10 years ago, right? The, the length in time is, is important contextually. So I log in one day, I get on, my mansion just gone. Like it's not like blown up by like TNT. It hasn't been. It's just every block is just gone. Like it looked like it was never there. Right. Interesting. And I'm like, all right, who's who's messing with me? And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like literally, my friends are terrible liars. Yeah. And none of them would fess up to it. I'm like 95% sure it's this one. It's like my friend's cousin. Mm -hmm. Um, because like he's like jokingly admitted to it, but it's like he's never like come out and said it. He's always been like pressured into a corner and been like all right guys i did it like sarcastically yeah. but i'm pretty sure he did do it that being said to the reason i say it's important 10 years is to this day no one has ever admitted to it and every like my friends like i said 
are bad liars, and my friends always will tell someone, and then they'll tell everyone else. Yeah. This is like the one secret that's never. If someone did it, yeah. one of my friends, I've, I have no clue, and to this day I'm mad because I put hours of work into that Minecraft house, and then I quit and I never played the world again until we started a new one. Damn. Because I was mad. That do be tough. I mean, you don't fuck with someone else's Minecraft house, man. That's how every Minecraft world ends, though. It's if true. someone gets bored, steal someone's diamonds, blow yeah. each other's houses up, and then it's over. True. Well, mine mine ended when my Minecraft girlfriend moved her bed away oh. and not next to mine anymore, and that was that was the first heartbreak, man. You, you know, it, it's tough out here. It is. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. How how long? What are we at for time-wise uh, here? We're like an hour twelve. Okay. Probably should wrap up soon. Yeah, we can wrap her up. But I do. So I have one last question for you. So okay, you've been doing this for a while now. I know you were on hiatus for a little bit, uh-huh. but you've been doing. When did you start? Last February. Last February. So, wow. So it's been over like a close to a year and a half. This now? is episode twenty-four. No, not a year and a half. Like oh, February isn't la- like. Last oh, February is in. I mean, the most like recent. February. I was gonna say I was like, dude, my sense of time no, is fucked if no. you started it. Um, oh yeah, so I wonder. So what is you think? Like, obviously, like you've gotten a lot better at podcasting. Like everything's like very professional now. Like I said, I was impressed with the setup. Mm-hmm. But what do you think is like the biggest thing you've learned from doing all this? Because now you've done like interviews with a bunch of people. Yeah, you've done a lot of like talking and telling stories. Like, what do you think the biggest thing you've learned throughout like this whole thing is? Um, the most like corny thing, oh, I guess that plays into what I'm about to say is mm-hmm. I use the a lot of the same words over and over again, and I've definitely done that my whole life, and I never realized it until now. Yeah, I say um a lot, which I've known. I say like a lot, which I've known, but I use the phrase you know yeah a lot. Never realized I did. I say corny, like, like that's my like filler word for when something's like, I don't know why I use that word a lot. I do. Uh-huh. There's just like, yeah, there's just turn of phrases and words I use way too much. And I didn't realize I used them too much until I started doing this. Um, things I've learned. Um, I still think I'm learning at like having conversations on the podcast. Obviously, I've only done like five or six of these and it's been like with friends i've never had an experience like actually interviewing someone yeah like say like your sister yeah like i know your sister a little bit not a lot so like having her on the show would be like a very wildly different experience than the people i've had on my show so far mm-hmm. um i mean if you're ever gonna replace i know your big like goal is to like overtake joe rogan and right. like all the other ones so you know you really gotta you gotta work on that right right right, right. exactly so yeah that's i mean that's kind of things i i still need to learn i think you know, you, I think about things differently now, like in terms of like, would I be able to tell a good story about that? And I think, you know, everyone has those moments when they're like telling people stories and they're like, oh, that, that sounded a lot better in my head. But like now I realize like most things sound a lot better in my head, you know, (laughs) like you go back and listen to the, I mean, I haven't, I don't dare to, (laughs) if you go back and listen to like the first couple episodes of the show, I guarantee you it's like, it's it's not like boring and it's not stupid, but it's like it's it is just worlds different um, compared to how I kind of like compose the show now. Like, yeah, um, I maybe not worlds different, but I mean, it's like hard to articulate what I've learned. It's more just like the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, and the easier it is to. I mean, like you said, I I took a couple months off, so I'm like this episode and the one the other one I recorded just the other day or today. Yeah, um, like it it's getting back into it, but. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know if that really answers your question. It's hard to say. Just it, it, it is still so new to me, even though I've been doing it for close to a year, technically. So yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, it's definitely. It, it was really cool because you told me about this idea a while ago, and it's something that you'd had an idea for for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's always cool, especially just to you know see someone who has an interest or a passion in something like go and pursue it. So right. you know, I'm glad that you've been like. I it seems like you've like gotten a lot of enjoyment out of it and like a lot of value out of it too. So I was just like trying to probe to see if there was like anything else too yeah this is like you know it's been a really cool idea yeah i think it's 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 good like reflection for me more to the point of what i was making saying before is like i think more about like oh would that be a good story Mm -hmm. to tell but at the same time it's more like like thinking about like what do i want to say like what do i want to remember like what what is worth talking about um and maybe that's getting like too deep because at the end of the day am i really having those thoughts every you know, hey, thing bro, I, I do know, in my life, you know, like not is really. That, that, is that when I come and peek on you in the shower and you're crying? Is that like part of it? Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> Makes me cry a little harder, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I hope to continue doing this. Obviously, it's just kind of something that I mean, I can take a four month break and pick back up. But yeah. um, I hope to continue doing shows with people. I hope we get to a point where like I've talked with everyone and we me and you have another conversation i think like i have goals where like i'd like to do more of like a show type thing me not like this becomes a show but like i want to do like fun things where like we do like a challenge and like we record doing stuff like that because it'd be fun and i don't know i guess like i I think a lot of it is i'm not lying i I said this on the one i just recorded too like Mm -hmm. i'm not lying when i said that like this is for me like fundamentally no one could listen to this episode we're recording right now and i wouldn't be like upset because at the end of the day the most important for me about this is it's it's like a diary like i in 10 years from now i want to be able to go back and listen to these and be like wow i don't remember any of that stuff but it's really you know it's funny it's fun to look back and it's like it's cool to capture this kind of stuff because like as much as people are posting online and doing other other stuff and I'm mm-hmm. by no means unique in a podcast but like for like my friends and you know stuff like that like none of us are doing something like this I'm not trying I'm not saying all this to be like oh I'm cooler but it's like it's like I I like <laughs> being the person you because <laughs> I have a podcast I I'm glad that or like I like being the one who is capturing this stuff so like yeah you know maybe you'd in 10 years don't care to go back and listen to all the random stories from my childhood <laughs> only like, the episodes with me in it but, you know obviously yeah i do have things where you can go back and listen to this episode you can go back to the listen to the one with oh, like oh i haven't i don't know you know it's like yeah. I, I think it's cool that i'm i am kind of being some level of a book bookkeeper to, i mean it's definitely interesting also to be like you know it's just certain things where that just don't come up in conversations. Like when I was listening to the episode, because I was, when I was driving back from Thanksgiving, you know, my sister and I listened to the episode that you and all your friends like recorded, uh-huh. um, like over the summer. Um, and so it was definitely cool to hear about like certain stories and learn a bit more about your friends that like doesn't necessarily come up right. in like day to day conversation. Right. So I think it's definitely really interesting. And, you know, yeah. So I think that's definitely something that's cool to, like you said, like a bookkeeper, like it does sort of give a bit of like, memories like as they're happening you know right. before like things start to fade and details right. start to get muddy so right. that's definitely something that's cool yeah so at the end of the day like that's that's why i don't like br- actually broadcast this podcast i don't like i'm like i want people to listen and i think what drives me like i i'd be lying of it and say yeah, it does excite me when people say they listen and like people are like oh like yeah. i think the big thing 
that made me happy was over the last four months, people were like, when is it coming back? Because to me, that tells me people actually do listen and want want to hear more. Not not like in some like movie sense, like, oh, I need, you know, yeah. Jacques Talks Part 4. <laughs> like, I'm, I can't wait to hear what happens next. But it's like, it is something that my friends care about. And I, I mean, that makes me want to make more. So, yeah. um and it's also, it's you cool. know, you've hit the big milestone because I'm excited to announce that this episode is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legend. Defeat bosses. Win PvP battles. Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> right. Um I'm gonna cut to an ad right there, by the way, and then please do, dude. I can't wait. For I'll confuse ad. people for 20 well, seconds, and then we'll cut back to us talking. And it's not sponsored. Um, how else are you supposed to afford my appearance fee, though? Right. Like I said, I, this this got wired, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's don't worry. We we've got sponsors in the pipeline, um, but uh, <laughs> no. So I get these. I think I've talked about this before, maybe once. Like I get these weird emails from like, welcome to Podnet.com, where we can. Please sign up and you'll become a, a member and we can put your put other people oh. on your podcast and stuff. I'm pretty sure it's probably botted. Yeah, I think that's what Declan ended up doing. One of our other friends from college who has like a comedy podcast or whatever. Uh and I think he joined one of those like networks. Yeah. Or something. So I think it can be helpful, but like one of the big pulls for them is like get connected with other people that you can like bring on your show and stuff like yeah. that. But it's like for me, like that's not what the show is. I like inevitably I'd like to have people on I don't really know that well. I think that's cool to have those conversations. But I don't want a total stranger, especially one who has some level of an agenda, who's also on this podcasting app because they want to talk about their podcast. You know what I'm saying? Um, Side note, follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe to my Patreon (laughs) at AaronReardon.com. Oh, yeah, I'll plug you. Get on his LinkedIn Get on my yeah, yo, do that, do connect with I, me on LinkedIn yeah, that's though. That's that's about. not you know that's not a joke. Hit me up. Um, but if you look up Aaron Reardon, you will find this like politician who had a bunch of sex scandals. I swear that's not me. I oh, promise. Really, really. <laughs> um, I feel like there's so much more I do want to talk about, but yeah, we are at the hour twenty. Well, um, we got to keep the audience waiting, you know, for right. part two when we talk about our steamy adventures. You know, right. we gotta get the we gotta we gotta get the right. cliffhanger ending. Okay, before we go though, we do we need one more final conversation. Yeah, because you were there for karaoke night, and you're now the oh, third karaoke person shit. on the show. We do this this show can't finish without you at least giving your. It, it might it can be small because obviously we've told the story yeah. three times now, but like, I we do need to make sure that, you know, we get your little perspective here just because we're getting everyone else's. So yeah, I oh okay, so I'll keep my perspective because basically I'll, I'll try and give like my what my unique perspective right. on the night was because I remember so you for those of you who don't remember karaoke night is when we met our friends camille who's been on the show and erica who we mentioned earlier and then also maria whose birthday is coming up happy birthday maria if you're listening birthday in advance um and so basically my perspective of the night was because i remember because we were all out and then we were going to go sing karaoke and three of our friend daniel's friends dropped out so we needed three people and we were like okay well let's go find three girls and you and I are at the bar, uh-huh. and we're like, okay, well, we, how are we going to do this? Because Julius and Daniel split off to go find some people, and then you're like, well, there's three girls sitting right there. Do you want to go say, like, them? And I'm like, okay. So I walk up, and I go, 
okay, how do I do this? Do I say hi and then like make conversation? I'm like, no, well, they might think that I'm hitting on them and that'll be weird. So I decided to walk up and like acknowledge and be like, hey, this sounds, so I walked up to him and I'm like, hey, I know this is kind of weird, but do you all want to sing karaoke with me and some of my friends in like an hour? We have a room booked out and three of our friends dropped out. And Erica and Maria both go, yes. And then Camille just goes, no. And I go, okay, well, if you all can come to a consensus. I forget exactly what I said, but I said yeah. something along the lines of like, well, do you, if you all can come to a consensus, you know, we do have three spots open. And then you come over and you start talking. And I forget exactly how like the opening, like the rest of the interaction went besides like, you know, like we sit down and then I like text Julius and Daniel to come over, like because you started talking to like Maria or something about uh -huh. Minnesota. Right. And so Camille was obviously looking like wary for a while, but then eventually like, you know, warmed up to everything else. Whereas Erica and Maria were also like, because like that was early when I didn't really have any other friends besides people I knew from Notre Dame. And, uh -huh. you know, we just got lucky that they like didn't really know anyone in Boston either. Right. And we're also looking for friends. Um, but it's just funny to me because. Uh, it was months later when Camille was like, she goes, I, 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 like, cause we were talking about the story, like once we got to know them better and I like, we asked like, what was your like perspective on the whole thing? And she goes, well, you shouldn't have led off with this is going to sound weird because if a dude ever leads off with that, he's going to ask you to do something that's far weirder than sing karaoke. And I was like, you know what? I didn't think about that. Yeah. But probably a good and we call. still clown about that, but it's funny. Yeah. No, it was funny. It's good and, memories. I was saying, and then we, you know, all became good friends after that. And then Camille hung me out to dry to run a half marathon by myself after yep. convincing me to run it with her. Yeah, that did happen. So no, it was. <laughs> if, if you're listening, Camille, I'm not actually upset. Thank you for coming to watch. Yeah, I'm the one who ended up actually hanging out to dry. Yeah, no, I that was, I was we did, watch Camille and, then, and I did talk about how you were a terrible friend, but it's fine. Yeah, I was gonna come watch, and then the. The football game came up, so nah, that was fun though. But uh, or yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't let you go without discussing that. But yeah, no, I was gonna say it's been, it's been talked about before, but I, I feel like I didn't because you told the story and then you and Julie's told the story, but that was just my little bit right, of it was right. as the one who made first contact. Apparently, I did, I did not <laughs> do that well, but you know. The way the way I said it was on like, well, listen, bitch, you still came in and yeah. sang karaoke anyway, <laughs> and I'm like, and now you're and now we're run half marathons together, so it could, it didn't go that bad, right? Obviously, so. All right, well, yeah, that's that's fun, that's great. Um, all yeah. all of this is unusable, right? Like we're this oh, is yeah. all this, going. We've been recording for like an hour and a half. This this shit's gonna get cut down to like an hour. <laughs> you're, you're like, like, damn, like why 20 is this podcast only 15 minutes yeah. long? <laughs> Uh, but no, obviously we live together. I'm sure we'll be on another pod yep. inevitably. Don't um, worry. Next time when he's recording, I'm just going to bust into the room right. and, that, I mean, and make it an impromptu episode. That's good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> um, well, yeah, now I can, if I need an opinion mid-recording, I'll be like, Aaron. Yeah, Jamie. I'm going to be your Jamie. Be like, Aaron, pull that up. Right. <laughs> I do need a... I need a I need a sound person. I need a producer, a producer, an a, editor, yep. a manager. Of I need course, to start hiring. Um, you need the dude that always hangs around and like gives like drugs to people yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I also need like an idiot. Yes. Like just someone. Well, just... dude, you you have right. Here. Okay. I'm sitting right here, <laughs> dude. Give, I yeah. I need like a super non-based opinions <laughs> so we can debate them the whole show. Just executively mid opinions. Yeah. 
Uh, All right. Well, I think that brings it to a close here. All right. Well, this has been uh, Aaron Talks. Thanks for <laughs> listening, everybody. Jock, thank you for appearing on my podcast. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate Anytime. you taking Anytime. the time out. Um, in actuality, though, thanks thanks for hopping on the show. I'm no, glad dude, you thanks for having got me. in it. Appreciate so. it. All right. Well, I will talk to you, the listeners, later. Hopefully, uh, you guys are still listening. I'm, my joke is always the end of the episode. I'm like, are you still listening? Because I don't know if I would be. <laughs> but hopefully you're still listening. Hopefully you have a blessed, great, wonderful day. And we will talk to you in the next one. Yeah. Alrighty. Bye, everybody. Peace. Peace.